uh, verse 18. I want, I want to begin to challenge you this morning to believe for whatever miracle you need. Amen. As you look at that screen and it says miracles, nothing is impossible. A miracle is something that cannot be done or explained by us. It's something that's beyond us. It's something that's out of our own power. And I don't know about you, but I have seen many, many miracles in my life. And I believe that you're going to see a miracle this morning. I believe that there's people here who have needs, and those needs can vary from something financial, where you need a miracle in your finances. Some some might be here this morning and need a physical touch in their body. You might be sick with something. You might have got a, a bad doctor's report. You might be dealing with something for a long time in your body, uh, and God wants to heal you this morning. Amen? You might be here this morning in some kind of marital problem, some kind of relationship problem with a family member, and you've been praying for a touch in that area. I believe God's going to do something in that area for you this morning. Amen? It might be something mental. You might be struggling with something in your mind. You might be facing depression or uh, some kind of lie of the enemy, some kind of, 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 of curse that's been spoken over your life or some door that you've opened up into your life and it's causing you grief. Whatever you need this morning, I want you to begin to believe from this moment for the next few minutes that nothing is impossible for God this morning. There is no need that you have this morning, no sickness, no problem that is too big for a living God this morning. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. He is alive. He is real. He is powerful this morning. I want to read Jesus' words. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he is standing. This is one of the most coolest things of Scripture. Um, as you see, and I just want to throw this in here, as you see in the Old Testament, Jesus in types. Um, working on another message on that right now. I don't know when I'll preach it, but I love to go and see. Je- Some people say, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? Jesus is the Old Testament. Jesus all over the Old Testament, from Genesis all the way to Malachi, amen, and all the way to Revelation. But just a few things. You see Abraham and Isaac. You see Jesus in that situation. of You see Jesus as the boat in Noah, amen, and, when the, and, and the salvation and being the door. You see him all through the Old Testament. And so he comes in in this scripture here in Luke chapter 4, walks into the temple, opens the book of Isaiah, and reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I want you to know that this is the good news I'm reading right here. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Pray with me this morning. Father, right now as we go to you in prayer, I ask that you would anoint my words. I pray in this place this morning as we welcome your presence here, as we welcome you in this place and we celebrate you this morning. God, that your word would come alive in this place. I speak to every spirit of darkness, every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of cancer, every spirit of tumor, every financial situation, every lying demonic spirit of darkness that is hindering us or an obstacle for us in this place. 
any spirit of depression, Lord, anything in this house that causes us not to walk in the fullness of God, I come against it in the power of the blood of Jesus. And I pray that your anointing would be in this place and that, Father, right now you would begin to open up our hearts and our eyes to have faith this morning and truly believe what your word says, that nothing is impossible with you. We ask you to anoint these next few minutes, and by the time we leave this place, we will be healed, and we will be changed and transformed. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody that believes that says, Amen. Amen. How many know the Spirit of the Lord is here right now? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. And for the next few minutes, I want to lift your faith. I want to speak personally to you right where you're at. And I want to believe with you, not for you, but with you, that whatever you need this morning, God's going to do a miracle in your life. He wants to do a miracle. He's, he's not busy this morning. He's not, he's not tired this morning. His power is great this morning. And all he's looking for is for you to believe. He said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 32, 27, he asked him this question, is there anything too hard for me? Now guess what? We have to answer that question. I have to answer that question for my life. You have to answer that question for your life. The answer is no. There's nothing too hard for God. But the reason we don't see miracles sometimes is we don't believe. Belief is what opens up the door for miracles. All throughout the Bible, when you saw Jesus going and preaching the gospel and laying his hands on people and casting out demons and setting people free, he always asked them the question. They said, do you believe? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be changed? He'd ask them that question. And I want you to know this morning that I have faith for you. I want to agree with you in a few minutes at this altar for whatever miracle you need. Some of you might be saying, man, you don't know how long I've been praying. You don't know how long I've been waiting. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my struggle is. And you're right, I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what you've been waiting for. I don't know what you've been praying for, but God does. And I want there to be a play, an atmosphere of belief in this place this morning. Because if we will believe, God will move. Amen. God will move this morning if we will believe. And I want you to know that, again, I'm going to say this a lot of times during this message, there's nothing impossible for God. Jesus said to his disciples, what is impossible for man is possible for God. I tell the person next to you again, with belief, nothing, nothing is impossible. And make it personal for my God. Nothing is impossible for my God. Amen. Now I want you to go to the book of John chapter 5 if you would. And as you're getting there, I want to I quote a scripture that Paul said. And, and I want you to understand that this is what the church is about. This is what we need to be about. It's not just about us gathering together this morning and being in this place and fellowshipping, which is great, and reading God's word, which is great and singing God's songs, which is great, and worshiping Him and thanking Him for everything He's done. That's all good. And giving to the kingdom of God. But what we really need to see this world saved is power. We need power. We need a demonstration of His power. We need people to be able to walk in here like you this morning and have a real need and find out there's a real God. Amen? That can solve real problems. 
And I know that in this place, there's a lot of you that say, God has already solved so many of my problems. God has already healed so many of my situations. God has already set me free from so many things. Listen, I could hand this mic off right now, and we would be here till tonight. Amen. If everybody grabbing the mic and saying, this is what the Lord has done for me. And it would have just been recently. Not including all the things that God has done over our lifetime. I, can, I said this morning at the 9 o'clock service, I have forgotten more than I remember of the miracles that I've seen in my life. I've seen so many miracles. Miracles, again, being something that cannot be explained or done in human power. Something that is God intervening and coming in. Paul said these words, and I want us to live by this as a church and you individually. We're going to look at John in just a second, but I want to quote 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. He said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. The longer I preach the gospel, the less I rely on my words. I want, I want you to understand that. That's, I don't say that to, to sound humble. I say that because it's a fact. The more I preach the gospel, the longer I've been saved, the less I rely on my words and how I sound and how persuasive I am, and the more I want to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. Paul said, I am not about my speech and my preaching of being persuasive words of human wisdom. Here's what he said. But we need a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You can tell someone all day long at work, Jesus can change your situation. Jesus can heal your body. Jesus can heal your marriage. You can tell them all that all day, and you need to tell them that. But you know what's going to change their lives? When Jesus changes their situation. When he actually steps in and heals their physical body when he actually heals their marriage, when he actually sets them free from a drug addiction, when he actually sets them free from depression, when he actually changes the circumstances of their life, that's what's going to change people, not just hearing it, but seeing a demonstration of the power of God. And today, church, we need to see God move. We need to be able to pray for somebody and then be healed. We need to be able to say, listen, you're going through a marital problem. Let's pray right now and have God send his angels and his spirit to that situation and break those chains. Amen. Somebody's depressed and we pray for them and that depression flees from them. Amen. They're addicted to something and we pray for them and they no longer have a desire for drugs or alcohol or perversion. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? We need a demonstration of his power. And we need to believe nothing is impossible for God. Because I want to tell you something. If you don't believe that this morning, what are we doing? What are we doing if we don't truly believe that? I have to ask myself that as a, as a believer and as a pastor. If I don't stand up here and preach the gospel and believe that people can change, what are we doing? But I do believe it. I do believe it. And here's the awesome thing about serving God is there's an expectancy of the possibility of a miracle. That's the neatest thing about serving God. I can't tell you that every single prayer I've ever made to God has been answered the way I want him to answer it. I can't tell you that every single time I've prayed for somebody that's been sick, they've gotten healed. But I can tell you this, it is exciting to know that when I go to pray for someone who's sick, there is a great possibility that God could do a miracle in their lives right then and right there, and God can change somebody in an instant. Amen. That's a powerful thing. Let's look at John chapter 5. 
verse 1. Jesus is going to this place after the feast of the Jews, and he went up to Jerusalem. And there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches. I want you to know that in what the meaning of that is in Hebrew. It is two things, either a place, watch this, a place of outpouring or a place or a house of grace and mercy. How many know that's what the church is about right there? A place of outpouring and a place of grace and mercy. A house of grace and mercy. I believe that right now we're in the setting. I want us to understand that we're in the setting right now of where this is taking place. We're in a place where people's faith is going to rise. You might have come in here this morning doubting. You might have come in here this morning burdened. You might have come in here this morning hurting. When we come to church We have to say, God, I'm going to expect you to do something when I come into this place. I'm not just going to church to show up to be part of a social club. I'm going to church expecting you to change my life and change my marriage and change my finances and change my mind and get me the way you want me to be. And when we begin to believe, when there's a spirit of belief in a place, miracles happen. Belief breeds miracles. Amen. And, and so we're here and we're saying, man, this is, this is possibly a really tough situation that I'm in. This man that we're about to read about in verse 3, uh, uh, sorry, getting ahead of myself. Let's read verse 3. It says, in these, this place, these five porches, there laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Watch that. Waiting for the moving of the water. Of the water. This morning, we are waiting for God to move. Amen. I'm waiting for God to move. I'm already expecting. I already know and believe that at that morning service, I don't know yet testimonies, but testimonies will come out of that prayer we said because we don't pray just to pray. We pray believing that God's going to do something. We were waiting and God showed up. And I know that God did something at that 9 o'clock service. And when we get done with this word this morning, we're going to pray again and God's water is moving right now. There's an expectancy in this place right now. And God is going to do something that Man cannot do. So they're watching this water, waiting for this water to move. Sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. You know, you go back to Luke 4, and you see that he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. How many know there's a lot of blind people in this world today? Spiritually. We know there's a lot of physically blind people, but did you know that you and I were blind till Jesus opened up our eyes? We were just like Saul of Tarsus. Our eyes were scaled. We couldn't see. You might not have realized that, but when you got saved, all of a sudden you could see. All of a sudden you realized that that you used to be a sinner, and now you're not. You used to be lost, and now you're found. As Amazing Grace says, you used to be blind, but now you see. Amen? And he's, he's given you sight now. Now things that didn't make sense make sense. That's what God wants to do this morning in us. He wants to do something that man cannot do so that only God gets the glory. It's okay to pray for little things, but we need to pray for things that only God can get the glory for. Amen. If it's something we can do, that's not a miracle. We need to believe for something that only God can do. Let's read on. It says, verse 4, an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first 
after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, I want to give you some good news. I might have read that right there, and some of you might have said, I'm not the fastest person in here. I'm not going to get to that altar first. I want to give you good news. We are that, that was before Jesus went to the cross. He has gone to the cross. He has defeated every sickness, every disease, every sin, every problem. And all we have to do now is believe it and accept it. Amen. We don't have to run up first. Anybody who believes can be healed this morning. Anybody who believes can be saved this morning. Anybody who believes can be delivered this morning. But in this story, there was a certain man, verse 5, who was there and had an infirmity for 38 years. Now, some people in here might be thinking, man, I've been praying for a long time for my miracle. I've been praying for this situation for a long time. It seems like God's never going to show up. Ask yourself the question, have you been praying for 38 years? Maybe, but probably not. Some of us in here aren't even 38 years old. This man had been waiting for 38 years for his miracle. 38 years. How many know he could have gave up? A lot of us would have given up at 30, 20, 10, 5. Yet this man continued to go to this place where he heard miracles happened. He saw miracles happen. I want to give you something. I didn't say this in the first service, but I want to give you something that's, that is important. The Holy Spirit speaking to me right now. That man would go to this pool year after year. Day, we don't know how often he went, if it was daily, weekly, monthly, but he would go to this place believing that he could be healed because he had seen other people get healed. According to this scripture, every time the angel came down and stirred the water, whenever they began to see the water stirred, somebody got healed. Guess what? Somebody's going to get healed this morning. I hope it's more than one, but somebody's going to get healed because God is stirring. His word is being spoken. Somebody's going to get healed. But that man could have easily said, I'll never get my, my, my miracle. Every time that, that, somebody, that the water stirred, somebody else gets there first, which we're going to see in a second. But he could have given up. He didn't give up. A lot of times we begin to doubt that God can heal me, deliver me, set me free, give me my miracle, because I always see somebody else getting theirs. Could have been very easy for this man to say that. As he says there, 38 years, look at verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been in that condition a long time. How many are thankful this morning that Jesus knows our condition? He knows it. He said these words that I said to you a few minutes ago. Jesus said, red letter, do you want to be made well? Now, that sounds like an obvious question, right? Sounds like an obvious question. He probably sarcastically could have said, why do you think I'm here? Of course I want to be. But you know what? A lot of people uh, are in the right place but not in the right frame of mind. A lot of times you can be in church and not really be here. Amen. You need to come and say, Lord, I'm going to get my miracle today. I'm going to receive what you have for me, regardless of anybody else gets it or not. I'm coming with an expectancy this morning. I may not have got it last week. I may not have got it last month. It's been a while since I felt your spirit, but I'm getting something today. You know who's going to get something today? Those who are ready to receive it. Those who are ready to believe it. Those who are ready to accept it this morning. Amen. His power is here, somebody. 
His power is here. It's already here. It's just like a plug. You just plug into it. The power is already there. You don't have to turn it on. It's there. You just got to plug into it. Somebody just needs to plug in to God's power this morning and let him do what only he can do. So this man says, do you, Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Watch what he says. Sick man answered, sir, he had no idea who Jesus was. I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So he's at this place. He's lame. He can't get up. He can't get there on his own. Sees the water begin to get stirred. And guess what happens? He begins to get angry and frustrated because other people are getting into the water while nobody's helping him get in. And this is 38 years of frustration. Thank God we serve a God who is alive and real and can change a situation in one instant. He says to that man in the next verse, he doesn't say, well, let me help you in the water. He says, get your mat, get up, and walk. And that man gets up, gets his mat, and walks, the Bible says. Amen. And he is healed. Rise up, take your bed, and walk. And it says immediately, say immediately. The man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. It goes on to be a different part of the story where they get mad at him that he heals, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. That's a different story. Later on, he sees this man at the temple worshiping God, and he tells him, stay in your, in your healing. Don't sin anymore. Don't go back to the way you were before. Amen. How many know we've got to stay on track this morning? Stay believing this morning. There's something that happened. There, you might say, I'm here. And that's half the battle. You're here. Now you need to believe. You need to believe that today is the day of your miracle. Listen, I have absolutely zero doubt somebody's going to get healed this morning. Somebody's going to get a touch in their body. Somebody's going to get a touch in their mind. So, and, and, and listen, I say that because it's, it's, it's conditional to us. What do you mean conditional? I mean, I've got to believe. I've got to receive it. If we, if we understood truly that God, the power of God is here to heal, I, I could say everybody will get healed because everybody could get healed. Because there's no lack of power here. And it's not anything I have, and it's not anything you have. But the power of God is in this place. Because Jesus said, where two people or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. So Jesus, whether you believe it or not, is here right now. He's in this place. He's sitting right next to you, and he's nudging you and saying, let's fix this today. I'm right here. All I need you to do is believe. All I need you to do is hold my hand and get up and walk. Amen? There's no difference between this story and our lives today. It just takes us believing. But you know what the problem with belief is? Something called doubt. I'm encouraging you in the word this morning to believe God for your miracle. But there will always be people around you who will put doubt in your spirit. Go to John 7 real quick, just a couple chapters over, and look what happens to Jesus. Even Jesus, God himself, was hindered by doubt. Not, not the power that he had, but because his power was so great, he could not, they could not receive it because they doubted. The Bible says he could not see miracles in his own town that he was from because they didn't, they didn't see him as a prophet or a man of God. They didn't see him. They just saw him as the carpenter. 
They were looking at him the wrong way. But watch this in John chapter 7. He has, J- Jesus had brothers. And I want to pick up in verse 3. It says, his brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go to Judea, that your disciples will see the works that you're doing. Now, notice here he says your disciples, meaning that they weren't disciples. And he says, for, and they say, for no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If, watch this, if you do these things, show yourself to the world. They're, they're saying, we don't really believe that you are who you say you are, but if you are, go show somebody. And watch what verse 5 says. Even his brothers did not believe in him. There's always going to be somebody around you, and sometimes it might be you yourself who's going to put doubt in you. You know who the hardest person to pray for is? Yourself. I, I can pray for people all day long for healings. I've, there's been many times in my life that I have needed a healing, and I have prayed for people, and they have gotten healed. But it's hard to believe for yourself because there's that doubt, there's that fear, There's that situation or somebody around you or maybe a circumstance or maybe a feeling. The people who see miracles are the people who say, I'm going to take you, God, at your word. You speak the word, I'm going to believe it. We have to believe that today in 2018, God's power has not diminished. That he still heals. He still saves. He still sets people free. He still changes lives. He still redeems people. Amen. He still changes situations and circumstances. Does anybody believe that this morning? I want us to have an atmosphere this morning of faith. If we will have an atmosphere of faith in this place, God will move. God will do something powerful in this place. Go to John 14 as I close. And we're going to pray in just a moment here. So I mentioned what Jesus said in Luke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here's what a lot of people do. They say, well, we're reading that word, and yes, of course Jesus was powerful. He was God. Of course he healed. Of course he did miraculous things. But look what Jesus said to us in John chapter 14, verse 12. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Watch this. The works that I do, he will do also. Did y'all hear that? He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Jesus says, if you believe in me, the works that I do, the healings, the miracles, even raising somebody from the dead, casting out demons. Didn't he say in Mark chapter 16, go preach the gospel. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. He said that to the church, to the believers. And he says, these things will I do. But you know what? God didn't stop there. He says, And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Church, this morning, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And you say, you thought you said he was here. Well, he's he's omnipresent. Don't worry. He can be both places at once. He's in this place right here. 
and he's sitting at the right hand of the his position is at the right hand of the father and he's interceding for us and he's saying father i'm going to touch him if they'll just believe i'm praying that they'll believe right now jesus is interceding that you would believe him that you would believe him at his word that you would believe that nothing is impossible for god don't care what the doctors have told you. Doesn't matter what the financial institution has told you. Doesn't matter what the mental institution has told you. What matters is what God's word says. If you will believe this morning, I want to agree with you. My faith connected with your faith, connected with God's power. We'll see a miracle. Today God will do a miracle in your finances. Today, God will do a miracle in your marriage. Today, God will do a miracle with your children, with your parents, with your loved ones, with this world, with your finances, with your physical body. He'll do it right now. What's the, what's the, what's the thing that could hold us back? Doubt. What's the answer? Belief. One guy said in the Bible, help me with my unbelief. Maybe you need to say, God, help me with my unbelief this morning. You know, he goes on to say in John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name. That's why we say in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. He says, that will I do. And here's why, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He says, again, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and hopefully begin to lose faith. Begin to bind doubt. The enemy is going to talk to you right now. The enemy is going to speak to you and say, oh, you've heard that before. You've prayed for that before. You've asked for that before. You've believed that before. Don't listen to the enemy. Listen to the Lord who says, I'm here to heal you today. I'm here to do a miracle today. I'm here to deliver you from that oppression, depression, that spirit of anxiety, that spirit of fear, that spirit of addiction, that spirit of anger, that spirit of unforgiveness. I'm here today to heal your physical body of that sickness that's in it, that pain that you're feeling. I'm here. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to the spirit of doubt. Listen to the Holy Spirit that says, I am God. I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, give sight to the blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed. All over this place, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many in this place right now, honest before God, could say, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I've never said the sinner's prayer. I've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. And the Bible says if you'll believe in him this morning, you'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be redeemed. How many could say, that's me, Pastor? Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand up. Put it right back down. Say, I need salvation this morning. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? It's me. 
I need Jesus. I need to start a new life this morning. I need to be forgiven. God bless you. I need to put my, my hands in God's hands. I need, to, I need to admit that I'm a sinner and admit that I need help. An alcoholic, a drug addict can't be helped until they admit they need help. A sinner can't be helped until they admit they need salvation. I'm a sinner. I need salvation. That's you. Just put it up and say, pray for me this morning. I'm not asking if you're part of a church. Church membership will not save you. There's no church memberships in heaven. There's just one membership, and that's being a child of God. You'll enter in through the door, which is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden this morning. You're running from God. You've gone back to your old ways, and you need to get right with God this morning. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. That's my heart this morning. I've got to get back on track again. God sees your hands. God sees your hearts. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Church, I have done what the Lord has put in my heart, which is to challenge your faith, create an arena of faith by reading God's word. The Bible says that his word does not come back void. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I have elevated your faith by reading his word. God does not love that man in that story of John chapter 5 any more than he loves you. You're in the house of mercy. You're in the place where God can pour out his spirit of healing right now. All you have to do is believe. I can't do it for you. Jesus already did it for you on the cross. The Bible says that he did not shed his blood on the cross just for our forgiveness. He shed it for our healing. That blood was shed for our healing in our bodies. There will be people today that will tell you that Jesus, that, that, that was for the time of the book of Acts. That was for them. He doesn't still heal. I've seen too many miracles to believe that. He still heals. The Bible tells me he's the same today as he was yesterday. He'll be the same next year as he was today. Same yesterday, today, and forever. I am going to believe with you this morning. I'm going to prayer, prayer, faith. You might have been here in the early service. You might be a leader. You might have uh, served earlier. And, and you may have prayed at the 9 o'clock and you feel like you didn't get to pray again. That man went for 38 years. And he believed every time he went. He just couldn't get in the water. Today there's water running. Today this, the water is stirred. All you got to do is walk up and receive it. All you got to do is declare it and claim it. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes and say this prayer with me before we pray a prayer of faith. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I know that if I died today without Jesus Christ, I would be in hell, separated from God because of my sin. I accept you this morning as my sacrificial lamb who paid the price for me on the cross, taking my place. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins and then you rose from the grave and defeated death so that I would not have to face it. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean with your blood and write my name in the Lamb's book of life, from this day forward, I will serve you for every day of my life. Help me 
walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. As they begin to sing here, here's what we're going to do. You know what you need healing for.